This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's that's what I'm all about. Just <laughs> burying people and saying just really offensive things. Well, I guess now's a good time to say it. Hi, I, I am Adriel Pearl and it's Spiteful.com. Speedball Mike Bailey's here from TNA Wrestling. We're in Las Vegas. You would know because of the wonderful, gaudy backdrop I have. Just for y'all. Hi, Speedy. Hello. Thank you for having me. I never know how to address you anymore. I have real names. I have fake names. I have... Real and fake variations on my fake name. Uh, I, I, I feel like a genius because I came up with the perfect, speaking of fake name, Starbucks name. Oh, let's hear it. Peanut. Peanut. So here's why. Okay. In theory, everyone knows how to spell peanut. In theory. Right? And it starts with that hard P. Yeah. So when they announce it and they go, peanut. It's not like, if you, you know, Adam is a bad Starbucks name because it'll go Adam and it starts with that soft A that kind of goes up. But Peanut is that hard P that's very recognizable. And like, I can't go Mike on at Starbucks because there's too many mics. Yeah. Right. Whatever order, there's going to be five other mics. They're all going to look at each other going, is this my order? Right. Peanut. It's very unlikely that there will be another peanut waiting for their drink. Uh, though the first time I tried to use it, the cashier wrote down peanut, and then the person read it as peanut. Peanut. Once again, in theory. In theory. It's a great Starbucks name. But so it, it's worked well since. I haven't had any issues. I tried Lawson for a while just because that was a pretty unique name, and it sounds recognizable. Yeah, yeah. You won't mistake it for another word when you hear it. But turns out Lawson is too difficult to spell. But Peanut 
is fine to spell, it, hard to pronounce. It's recognizable. People have seen peanut written plenty of places. Oh, yeah. How did we get to peanut? Uh, names. Call me Speedy? Well, no. I mean, In this interview, I know. CTE is not my problem yet. But how did you get to to peanut as the, the Starbucks? Like, Did you workshop it? Did you like... He was throwing out names in a car. Like, what do we get here? So Veda and I had a long discussion about, about good and bad Starbucks naming. Peanut kind of meets all the criteria. This is my favorite. The, the, couple question, the, the couple conversations that you have. So my wife and I will sit down and we'll talk about our day and have these menial conversations about, you know, work and, and our kid and things like that. And inevitably you'll get to a conversation like the Starbucks drink order or what, what's on your sub sandwich. Right. I think there's, there's, I'm sure you've seen them, bless them, if that's how they're happy in their relationship, good for them. But the couples who just don't talk to each other, mm. who just like do their separate things and they don't communicate, that's fine. And then there's couples that will have Seinfeld style, long conversations about nothing all the time. I would say those are the, the best couples to, to be in. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I chose a person with whom I can have very long conversations about nothing or, or about something but the the one thing that makes my marriage work is the fact that we are always and from like from the first time we met having like seven parallel conversations at once about seven set like different things somewhat related unrelated like sub conversation there's layers to all of it but we in in i got i have no idea how many years we've been together, but have never run out of things to say. You two are also often working apart from each other. Yes. And so I, I was talking to Steve Macklin the other day and, you know, his, his wife, Diana, uh, recently started working with All Elite Wrestling and therefore they are going to be apart a little more often. You've been doing that with Veda, with your partner for quite a while. What's the, what's the strength there that comes with working apart from your partner for periods of time? Well, so the thing is, it's not that hard now. Yeah. Like I talk with people who started wrestling in Japan in the like in 2005 or something and you had to go to an internet cafe to send over emails and it was a whole mess. But now like we can talk on video chat for hours and it's very easy and there's Wi-Fi everywhere. But now is not like now that we we live together, we're allowed to be in the same country and share a space. It's very easy. When it was difficult was when I couldn't come to the U.S. and Veda lived in the U.S. And so we would, you know, organize our lives and our jobs and our travel in order to be able to be together for several months. But then on the flip side, we were then like we'd spend two months in, in let's say, England together all the time, working together every weekend, sharing a, a room in an Airbnb. And then but then we'd be apart for two, three months. Right which is a lot more difficult than what we're doing now, which is just like kind of being apart on the weekends, on some weekends. Because yeah. we do still work together a lot, which is great. But being apart for like two to three months, uh, you figure out ways, you find tricks to make it work. And we just like would communicate constantly, take pictures of everything and send it over and have very many, very long conversations on the phone, which was always great and never bothered me. Again, it's, it's very easy now. Uh, but now that we're together a lot more, it just feels like a blessing altogether. The fact that we're able to eventually get to the point where we lived in the same country, that's a, a huge victory. 
Yeah, I can imagine. And especially when you're both, you know, out west on a weekend like this, right? Veda was working for New Japan doing the Battle in the Valley and you were, you know, a few hours down the road uh, here in Vegas for Hard to Kill and for Snake Eyes. Uh, how how was TNA? How was the weekend for you? Let's let's dig into that a little bit. You had a busy and in some ways unexpected weekend. You lost your, your tag partner, Trent Seven. He was unable to make it due to travel. You were given a replacement, Laredo Kid, someone you're very familiar with from Impact Wrestling at the time, now TNA. Uh, talk to me about the process. When did you find out that Trent was out? And when did you get word about Laredo Kid? And just what was the conversation like that? Uh, but yeah, so you, you said a lot of things. I do. That question that yes. I must address. But yeah, it was a great weekend for professional wrestling altogether. It was fantastic for me and Veda. Veda doing commentary on a sold out Battle in the Valley and Mia sold out hard to kill uh and hard to kill is when i debuted for impact two years ago that's right in a match with uh ace austin chris bay and laredo kid the history so right so yeah. to have them be in that match as well for my tna debut was very very cool uh, i found out about trent which was very unfortunate very excited uh, love Speedball Mountain as a concept and, and the imagery. And I think Trent is incredibly intelligent about pro wrestling, like way beyond what people understand. Uh, so I, I love Trent. I was very excited to team with him. But getting to team with Laredo Kid again was, again, brought it back full circle a little bit more. And I didn't find out until basically I got to the venue. So, but that's that's pro wrestling, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And while you were unsuccessful in your bid for the tag titles, once Trent is back, can we assume that the two of you will be going after tag gold in TNA? Uh, I would like that, but to be honest, I have no idea. Because again, it's TNA, total nonstop action. It's always moving forward, always changing. You never know what to expect. But yeah, I would love that. Let's uh, Let's go back to the impact days, which really was just back in December at Final Resolution in Toronto, there was a moment going back to Trent Seven when he signed his contract. This, is, this was a situation, a scenario that you were very familiar with, signing your contract on the back of Josh Alexander in the Don Kolov Arena, where they had just done a Destiny show, am I correct? Yes. And now we're here at the Don Kolov Arena for Impact, their Final Resolution show, their Final Impact branded show, and out comes Scott Demore. And we have basically the same tradition continuing where Trent Seven signs a contract on your back. Which is also where Josh Alexander signed his impact contract, originally also in the Don Call of Arena on Scott Demore's back. That's right. So, again, it's just th those little things, the significance of the Don Call of Arena within Impact and TNA. And uh, it just makes it feel special. I love being able to say... And I love talking about it in the lead up to our hour long match, Josh and I, that I literally signed my contract off of his back. Uh, and that's just a little part of the history there that I'm sure is going to keep going for many, many years. Uh, and again, even though he and I haven't shared a ring in, in Impact and TNA since that match, I mean, he and I were the two that were chosen to go up against Will Ospreay. Yes. Right? And uh, we both we both came up short in those first matches. So there's another one uh, that was that just happened. That was absolutely fantastic. 
that you have to wait until it pops out on TV to know the result, or you can just Google it. I'm sure you guys posted the results. We may have posted the results, but, posted. but ruining uh, it. It also came with spoiling it. I listen. I don't. Here, I'll, I'll pull back my curtain. I refuse to put spoilers on my Twitter in real time. Right. I want people if they're so inclined, they can go find them. Good. I think if you're going to find them, that's one thing. But I'm never going to try and spoil a show outside of what was advertised or what is maybe being set up. So, for example, Nick Nemeth comes out. We'll talk about Nick in a minute. Yeah. But I was able to say, because they promoted it, this was Nick's first match in TNA, his mm-hmm. first match since leaving WWE. Yeah. And he had a match that was advertised against Zachary Wentz from the Rascals. So we were able to promote that, and we were able to put that out there. I'm not going to tell you the result. Let people find that for themselves. Right. But, back to me, Josh, the fact that we were two selected to go up against, you know, the best wrestler in the world, Will Ospreay, really means a lot. And I think that's just the continuation to our story. I think Josh and I have so much more. And I think there's, that's the beauty of pro wrestling is that you have all those stories that go move along concurrently. And now the big question is, who's going to be the next person to get signed, to sign their impact contract or do TNA contract. We're all learning again. Right? It's hard. Uh, on the back of Trans 7 in the Don Colov Arena. Were you, were you kind of given any heads up ahead of time that this was going to go down, that Trent was going to have that big moment with Scott and yourself in the ring? I was not. You were not. So this was a surprise, surprise to you? Complete surprise. Full okay. surprise. Okay. That's a moment. I mean, the crowd was, was definitely surprised and happily so. It was, it's it was a big one, yes. And I felt bad for... Uh, Jake something and Jason Hotch, who went out right after, had a fantastic match. Yes. But the audience was just a little bit burnt out from that moment. Speaking of Jake something. Yes. By the time this interview airs, the plan is that the match will have aired as well. That's right. Let's talk about the X Division six-way yes. that occurred at Snake Eyes. Yourself, I, I'm, I'm going to forget someone along the way, but yourself and Jake something were in the match. Yes. The heel the Kingo was in there. Was that your first time with Vikingo, or have you worked with him before? I have worked with him like... You have. We had a singles match at Joey Janela's Spring Break in Dallas. That's right. Which was my last... No, my second to last match that year when I did 11 matches that weekend. That was number 10. The match number 10 was a singles match with Equal and Vikingo, which is <laughs> crazy, where I debuted my uh, indie flaming Tajiri pants. Which was a great moment for me and no one else. Uh, and then we had a triple threat match me Vikingo and Jack Cartwheel for Demand Lucha yep out of Toronto and then I faced Vikingo Daga and Jack Cartwheel for the triple A Mega Campeonato at Triple Mania in August of last year okay so you are very familiar very familiar very familiar and so we so that's that's three Kushida of course yep Uh, Laredo Kid Laredo Kid who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting. Trey Miguel? Trey Miguel. That's six. That's six. My God, I did it. You did it. My brain is still going. Well done. Let's talk about that match real quick because it's it's high-flying. It's X-Division. How does it feel to know that not only in TNA is the X-Division fully back, yes. but to be one of the first people, competitors, to be part of the new X-Division and the high-flying nature of it? And to be the first televised TNA match. That's right. Since the return. I think the match was a perfect showcase. I think you've got six of the best high flyers in the entire world. 
I mean, excluding Jake, something who's not a high flyer, but still, like, it, it's a joke, right? The the X division is not about it's about no limits. Yeah, right? it's not about weight limits. Uh, but I it's think no like limits. Samoa Joe stylistically like embodies the X division, and and he's still able to go fast pace, and his wrestling style is complicated. It's exciting. It's intricate, and I think Jake something is the same way. He is, and I, if you saw in the match, him and and. Hijo de Vikingo was just fantastic together. He is literally the perfect foil to someone like Hijo del Vikingo. So that 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 chemistry works weight and then works super well. And then there's like Kushida with a, the impossible wealth of experience and again just intelligence beyond belief. And yeah, it was just the perfect match to showcase the total nonstop action. You want total nonstop action? Here it is. We spoke to Kushida on on our show in the weeds on Fightful Overbooked, and we asked him about the fact that he is a tenured wrestler. He's been in the in the wrestling industry for, if not twenty years, then over twenty years. He has the experience, but in TNA and in Impact, he's relatively new. And we asked him about whether or not people, wrestlers, talent, come to him for any advice, and he had said no. So for yourself. You have a lot of experience yourself in, in the wrestling business, and you are still relatively new in the Impact TNA roster. Is there anyone that you go to for advice backstage at TNA? I think everyone goes to Alex Shelley. Yeah, it right. seems to be the going, yeah, the going, the going name. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but it's an obvious one. Why wouldn't you? Uh, Chris Sabin as well, who who works as an agent as well. Yeah, uh, is is incredibly knowledgeable and he's been in, in TNA forever. He knows how everything works and you can always refer to him. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that you don't go to directly for advice, but by working with them, you just you just get a lot. But one of my favorite things to do backstage at any wrestling show, but especially at, at Impact, is just kind of listen to people backstage and see how they go about their things and I feel like I always learn so much from that this is uh, a bit of a pivot but but uh, recently everyone's year-end awards came out and there was one tweet that I saw from you that I think was very very interesting and and well well put and it was about the oh, no. the concept of underrated wrestlers okay yes yes, yes. no I was, we're not come on we, we bury people later in the show <laughs> We were talking about underrated wrestlers, and, and I, I'm paraphrasing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you had essentially said a lot of the people listed are talent who are very talented yes. and are receiving TV time and maximizing their minutes. Yes. What makes them underrated in the eyes of these voters? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's let's kind elaborate. Of a, yeah. It's kind of a catch-22, as I said, right? In order to be voted most underrated, you kind of have to be pretty well rated like I don't feel like I'm underrated at this point I feel like maybe like underutilized is even a, a like a worst word I mean I don't think anyone on the list is is underutilized and I don't think that I think I'm I'm, ra I'm rated very highly right uh, like by most people who know me of course I don't reach Audiences as broadly as, you know, John Cena or Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns or whomever yet. But that doesn't mean I'm, I'm underrated. So what are you? I mean, I'm... I, I don't know. I'm very well rated. It, with, in that regard, I don't know. I, I, think, I think every... Like, 
I, I look it up, right? You, you try to find research and hear feedback from like people on the internet and, and like the people like my matches. People enjoy them. I mean, from the like Dave Meltzer loved my match with Will Ospreay. That's right. I mean, as he should. It was a great match. Audiences did as well. Uh, I think I think it's all fair. Well, I think I'm a very good wrestler. I think I put on excellent matches, and I think everyone who sees them knows that. And even if they like, they don't prefer my style. They appreciate the effort that I put behind every single match. I think that comes through, no matter what. If you want to talk about people who are underrated, you really have to look outside of the United States, mostly. Like, uh, I, I. Don't want to name names. No, I, I did that to you underrated. Once. Because, well, I mean, I want to name names, but I want to spend four hours naming every single name of all the wrestlers that you should know that are just as good as the people who are on TV. They were just born within the wrong lines, mm. and so you don't know about them. I think, like, hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made, and I was shocked. He is in his eighties, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because uh, I had a match with him recently, and because he came up, Aigle Blanc, who's from France, who just did a tour with all Japan and early in his career went to Mexico, but it, and just had a match with Mustafa Ali that I paid very close attention to uh, in, in, for APC in Paris. And he is absolutely fantastic, completely world class, just doing amazing, uh, but still wrestles mostly in Europe and doesn't get seen nearly as much as other people by major audiences. I mean, uh, yeah, there's just so many guys out there. It's shocking when you go to places like Singapore, 
where wrestling is like growing and evolving slowly. And there's promotions like uh, I did a seminar with Grapple Max okay. many years ago, and they didn't even have a ring then because it's hard to get a ring in Singapore. We did the seminar and a show on mats, and there was so much great talent. And and they've gotten a ring and they've evolved since then. And like so many people that if you just if you just put them in America, people would be like, oh yeah, why isn't this guy you know making millions of dollars through pro wrestling? To me, that's someone who's underrated. That's fair. I like that. I like that answer. I was I wanted to ask about uh, talking about no rings and no ropes. Something that you've been doing on your Twitch channel. You did well, um, remind me of the name again. It was a fighting mania. No, it no, was a fightertainment spectacle. Fightertainment. Fightertainment. Uh, it's not professional wrestling. No. No relations. Some similarities, very few, but no relations. It's certainly not professional wrestling. Uh, I've been doing Twitch wrestling shows since, honestly, the end of the pandemic, when I started streaming on Twitch during the pandemic, which, which you know, kept me going and kept mostly by because I wanted to keep that connection with my audience. And I didn't want to just go away for what seemed like an eternity at the time. So I started doing doing wrestling shows live on Twitch. There was a lot of wrestling that was just like being aired on Twitch, right? Right. But if you know Twitch, it's all about the interaction. It's all about like having that back and forth between the the chat who's yeah. watching and, and whatever's happening on screen. So that was my idea for the first one. And that evolved from just doing a show uh, where Veda was hosting and it was just a Zoom call with me doing some matches in the ring. And then we started doing, that was, that was Friday Night Speedball. Yep. And then we moved them to Animal Above Anger, Lethal Comics, Comic Studios on Judo Mats there and kept it going for seven or eight episodes. I don't remember. And now we're doing them at Pilgaroo Brewing in Pottsville, PA with an actual audience, which is a, a brewery that's partially owned by Tony Deppin. That's right. And we put mats down and we, we fight or tame. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the love of creativity when it comes to, to fighting or to wrestling or to entertainment. This is Let's see, you can just fight or taining. Fight or taining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, is, this kind of brings me back to uh, not only when you're watching matches and the matches you have, wrestling is entirely subjective. And everyone has what they love about professional wrestling. What do you love in your professional wrestling matches? Not the ones you're having, but the ones that you're watching or the ones that you're paying attention to. What, what stands out to you? What makes you happiest so when you're watching it? Before I give you that answer, I'm going to disagree with you about the subjectivity. Okay. And I think that like, this is a thing that I don't, I don't think is talked about enough, but there is such a thing as an objectively good wrestler. I mean, there's subjectively okay. good. You can be very good at accomplishing a certain task, getting over in front of an audience, but there are plenty of objectively good wrestlers that will be able to succeed and entertain an audience in any situation at all. Okay. Which is not always the case. And I mean, I, I again, I kind of said this earlier, but I really believe it. I think in all art, all facet of entertainment, nothing will come through like effort and passion. And I think regardless if you know anything about what you're watching, if there's effort and passion, like human beings will be able to capture that and understand that. Which kind of answers my question about, about pro wrestling. And I like people that care, have put a lot of effort. I mean, that, that happens in so many different facets. But I, I don't 
I hate like putting wrestling within a box and I think people do too much and I think that's why I I'm I'm so passionate about something like fightertainment. Uh like I think good pro wrestling works in in any situation and it can be it can happen in so many different ways and still be enjoyable as long as the people doing it are cognizant and mindful of how can we make this the most enjoyable experience possible for our audience so i'll push back a little bit when when at least when i talk about subjectivity it is it is about the level of entertainment and the level of enjoyment that a fan might get from the wrestling or the fight entertainment that they're watching and everyone's going to expect and and interact with it differently a match that goes we, we make a joke on in the weeds right any match that's over 17 minutes is just too long when we we don't really feel that way because we're, t- we're telling a story within time but for some people a match that's 30 seconds long might be the best thing ever because it told its story like that in 30 seconds but then some tell their story in 90 minutes so this is the question of subjectivity it's everyone this this is talking about the box uh-huh. the box is the box grows and shrinks the goalposts move because the presentation is different your enjoyment is subjective yes everyone's enjoyment is subjective of course however there is an objective reality of this match this show this product is meant to accomplish this and how well did they do that I think there is a ton of extremely unjust criticism towards very, very high-level wrestlers. I'm not going to name names. We don't need to yet. Who are, like, perfectly accomplishing their tasks. Whatever they are asked to do, they are killing it. A triple plus in that. But if you like small show independent wrestling and you don't want what they do, you're not going to like it, which is fine. Because it's not for you. It's very often for a much broader audience with other concerns. And that's what, like, to have criticism to any kind of, like, rating system uh, is, I think, is kind of silly. That was my one thing about, like, uh, Dave Meltzer's star rating. Uh, I I will move along to the movie Bounty Hunter. Have you seen that? Not in a very long time. So right? let's let's catch the audience yeah, up. It's Jennifer Aniston uh, and Gerard Butler. And there's a bounty put on Jennifer Aniston. I don't remember why, but Gerard Butler is the bounty hunter. So he chases her. They fall in love. It's fucking 80 minutes or however long. Like there's going to be some bad jokes. They're going to kiss at the end. Everyone's going to go home happy. You look online. They go, oh, that movie's bad. But... What 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 did you think? What were you expected? Right. The movie like is is perfect for what it is. It should like Jennifer Aniston, Gerard Butler, Bounty Hunter rom com. There you go. You have it. You kind of imagine the movie. There it is. Delivers perfectly. I feel that way about a lot of matches, like opening matches, six minute opening matches, where they just like they had six minutes and they used them perfectly and they got the the audience exactly set up for the rest of the show. And they did exactly what they needed to, and people are like, mm, "It's just an afterthought." Where really, that like that part is just as difficult and important to achieve and succeed at than having a great ninety-minute match. Okay, I'm hearing it. I'm seeing it, and to a certain degree, I'm agreeing with it. Right? Yeah. To what degree are you not? 
the no you know what i i don't even think there's much in terms of a disagreement i'm all i'm, I'm always trying to internalize my my view of professional wrestling and the view of someone who maybe is watching it in their first year mm-hmm. you know that is um that's something that i get to enjoy on our post shows Right. I've been watching professional wrestling since I was a child. Oh, my God. Yes. But then I have a co-host, Cressa Star, who has been watching wrestling for a very long time, but maybe hasn't watched any Impact or TNA in her life. And now she's being dropped into this world completely anew. And so for her, it's catching up on the history while also getting a passionate view of the show that we're talking about. And I try to view that and rearrange it with my own viewpoint with an audience that is also like in between. Nothing drives me insane. Like, uh, I talk to pro wrestlers, right, who have been lifelong, you know, pro wrestling fans and go like, oh, do you watch, do you follow the UFC closely? And they go, not really. I was really into it for two years, but then I fell out. Right. Right. Do you watch UFC? Not really. It's one of those, if it's on, I'll kind of put it on the other screen. But that's how most people watch pro wrestling, especially the, the, like, bigger shows that, that, play to the biggest audiences so criticism like oh man they're just rehashing the same stories over and over yes because those stories are good for the overwhelming majority of the audience that hasn't been watching for 15 years and doesn't like tweet about it or talk about it or or are in a discord chatting about it and breaking everything down like that's 90 percent of the audience and i think people people really like misinterpret and misunderstand that when i'm wrestling that's something i'm extremely mindful about is making my matches for like as many people who are watching as possible you will never be able to please everyone but i want my matches to be good for the people that know me and are expecting something different and i also want my matches to be enjoyable for the people that are seeing it for the first time which is it like that i think uh, especially in independent wrestling, one of the biggest issues, uh, which are very little, independent wrestling is fantastic right now, but is that disconnect between what the who the audience actually is and what they want, and what the the performers want to put on as a show. I feel like I'm already getting your seminar without going to your seminar. Oh man, that's gonna it's gonna be a lot of that, but it is. Yes, and this yeah. is this is a positive thing that I'm saying, by the way. Right. That, that this is. This is a wealth of knowledge that you get to bring to to talent who are working in the independence right now and maybe have an opportunity to to learn and, and grow with it because you're right the the independents are they're different than they were even ten years ago right and I know that when I go to an independent show it always depends on where and when uh, but I see a lot of families I see a lot of kids and I think it's I think it's a lot of fun and then you have to work accordingly to that you're you're not going to want a bloody war on every single match no. or swearing on every single you know you right. want to be family friendly. To a degree, how much of that, in your opinion, is on the promoter or the showrunner? And how much of that comes down to the talent putting together their matches in a setting like the one I'm describing? It's a lot of both. I think it's different things that, that like, are, are promoters and wrestlers' responsibility. Uh, but I think it's all one and the same. Ultimately, it's the show and everyone has their input and there is not, you know a huge power dynamic in independent wrestling where the promoter just has a say and that's it. I think there's a... Most independent shows, or at least the ones I work at, the good ones, there's a collaborative spirit and everyone kind of gets their input and works together to make the best show possible. 
Macklin and I were talking a bit about uh, the the locker room in TNA. And, you know, we're talking about the working the good ones. And you don't hear much about the TNA locker room being in peril, disarray, having issues. What's what do you think attributes to something like that? You're there. I'm not asking you to spill the tea, but I am curious because this is a locker room that always feels a little more tight knit compared to uh, some others. Uh, I don't know. But it is very good. And I think that stuff kind of trickles down. I think management is helpful and upbeat and everyone is civil to each other. I also think the schedule helps a lot. Mm. I think the the freedom helps a lot. One of my something I, I love about working for TNA is that I also get to do independent dates with, you know, relative freedom and, and you know, help bring people to TNA from those independent shows. But the fact that Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's a, with the limited schedule, and this is kind of how it is, everyone gets a turn, right? There's no, these are our main guys and and you're just, you know, low echelon. Everyone's going to get a turn. Everyone has the freedom to prove, show what they can do and then moved up. And then, you know, I was, again, uh, a very small part of a very loaded match at Hard to Kill. But also I got at Bound for Glory, I was put in a, you know, highly touted very featured singles match and i yeah. think that's kind of how it is and i think having that that confidence and that freedom i think it's confidence in the management that you know you'll get your turn eventually see a lot of uh, as we start to wind down scott demore comes out to a crowd and speaks very passionately is that you talk about trickling down from management is that something that you get from him as well backstage not necessarily screaming promos but more of the passion and just the way that scott interacts with the locker room how's that yeah absolutely ultimately it's his show and he loves what he does probably too much potentially too much <laughs> he is incredibly passionate about making tna the best thing ever and he's worked tirelessly and i'm sure you can see from when he initially got the role to what what we are now and what we've been showing at Hard to Kill, I mean, it's it's been moving forward. It's been growing even in just the two years I've been there. And I think Scott Damore is directly to, te- to thank for that with his, his passion and attitude. I think that all, that all trickles down. I'm sure you've been asked 100 times, 2024, Speedball's year, what does it look like? It's better than 2023, which was pretty crazy. Like, again, this is another another thing I said in a tweet, but 2015 was the, the first time people in the U.S. were saying this was my breakout year, right? And 2016, 17, 18, 19, so on. 2022 was my breakout year. 2023 was my breakout year. 2024 again, but it's just my, my biggest accomplishment in wrestling is making every single year better than the last. And I, I, I've made it very difficult for me to achieve that once again in 2024. And I'm not sure how I will, but I will. Maybe another match with uh, with Will Ospreay. Maybe 10 other matches Maybe with two. Will Ospreay. Hey, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Speaking of which, now we got to bury somebody. Okay. We're in like this weird looking space. Can you bury Steve Macklin for a minute? Don't tell him I said it, but like, mm. 
I know. He's peek behind the curtain. We had a very nice chat. I actually came around a little bit on him. We can still bury him though. Oh man, I wish I could bury Steve Macklin. Right. I can't. I can't. I can't. I know. Is there anyone in TNA that you can't bury? Everyone seems to bury Moose. So no, I can't bury Moose, and he's the last person I went to. Jay Chung buried Moose to us. Moose so Trey just... Miguel did it. So again, Tommy Dreamer did it to Mark Hoke on his show. Everyone does, and that's why like Moose is the last person I want to bury because Moose is is incredibly talented. Moose is a sweetheart. Moose, often to his own detriment, always gives a hundred and ten percent, and there is no way to stop him. He is the TNA world champion now. For a reason. For a reason. Well, Speedball, please plug everything and anything, and we'll get out of here. Uh, at Speedball Bailey on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, twitch.tv slash Speedball Bailey. I'm on YouTube. I post vlogs and the like. I have a nice behind-the-scenes hard-to-kill vlog that I posted as well. If you're still writing that hard-to-kill buzz, check that out. But mostly, if you like this interview and are interested about anything, go and just go to YouTube, type in Speedball Mike Bailey, watch a match or two. Uh, One of my favorite things about working for TNA is that they put so much content up for free. Go and watch it and share it if you like it. 2024, year of Speedball. We'll see. So far, so good. I'm Atrial Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Hello. Do you have a limp penis? A difficulty getting it erect? Boy, do I have a product for you. BlueChew.com and the code Fightful will help fix that. BlueChew has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But they work a lot faster because it's a chewable. It's also much more affordable. Use that promo code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. One of the best parts, it's discreet. No awkward in-person doctor's visits. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. It ships straight to your door when approved by an online physician. You want to check this out. It will help you. It is a good product. It will make your sex life better. BlueChew.com, the code Fightful. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.